This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Um, next week, it starts on the 23rd. Next week, Wednesday night, together with Chazak, the speakers are Rabbi Wallerstein, Rabbi Pesach Krohn, and Rabbi Ben, uh, ben Shushan. So come out, it's a, it's a good chizik. Why do we pick Wednesday night? Anyone here know? Anyone here know why we pick Wednesday night? Chodesh Elo. Elo, Elo. My Rebbe used to say the fish shake in the in the sea when it comes to Elo. It's time to start doing Shuva. So next Wednesday night is Rosh Chodesh Elo. Wow. It's already Rosh Chodesh Elo. It was just Purim. Rosh Chodesh Elo, just Pesach. Anyway, so you're all invited to Queens. Then the second one is a little bit further for you to go. Um, on the 5th of September, Emir Hashem in Manchester, England. On the 6th of September, Emir Hashem in London, England. On the 10th of September, Borough Park. On the 11th of September, LA. On the 12th of September, Baltimore. On the 13th of September, Miami. On the 14th of September, Lakewood. On the 17th of September, Chicago. On the 18th of September, Muncie. On the 19th, for some reason I wrote in here Bear Mountain, but I, think, I don't think that's a Vino Marcano. Um, no, I just wrote in here Bear Mountain because we're going with the school to Bear Mountain, so I'm kidding. Uh, Flatbush, which is going to be in the palace again this year like where it was last year. It's September 25th. September 26th is Toronto. Yeah, we have in the palace. That's not not Brooklyn College, the one under the tracks by Dipness. That's where it's going to be. Bar Park is small one. Bar Park is tenth, this tenth, September the tenth. Right, you came to that one. I remember on Fourteenth Avenue, Sixteenth Avenue. Right, and then on the twenty eighth Thursday, Erevim Kipper in Israel. It's Hashem. That's an easy one to get to. Okay, so it's 13 Avina Marcanos. I need a lot of rest before we do this. All right, anyway, we have a lot of fantastic speakers. We have Eli Mansour, and Rabbi Leif, and Rabbi Ashir, and Rabbi Ben Shushan, and uh, Jackie Bitone, and Charlie Harari. The best. We have all the best. So whoever can come, wherever you can come, wherever you are, um, buy tickets, come support Ornava. We need a lot of support because Ornava is supporting the ranch. And we need a lot of support for the ranch, I can tell you that much. Now, talking about the ranch in, uh, up, up north in the mountains in Bethel, we need to hire, so whoever's listening, listen carefully, two counselors who have, who live up there in, in with the girls, Separate building, but with the girls, we need you to move up there, live there. You're, there'll be counselors. They don't have to be therapists. You just have to be a counselor um, to be able to make sure to watch the girls. We need two firm girls, and we want. We need a therapist besides the clinical director that we have. We need another therapist, full-time therapist. You can live in Muncie and drive up if you want. You can live there. Um, huh? Social worker, MSW, LSW, something with something with letters. You got to have letters. Um, so we need a full time, full time. So we need two from girls. We need a from therapist. 
um, full time up there. And someone who knows how to take care of sheep, we need you too. Okay, anyway. Um, that's that. And for Ornava's office in Borough Park, we need one more. We have one Bakshem we hired. We need one more secretary that knows computers and has worked in a, uh, a business office before. So we don't need much, right? Oh, okay. And on top of that, you should just know that at Terrace Nava, our seminary, Baruch Hashem, um, we have a new principal. Um, her name is Rebetzin Yudkowsky. She's coming from Machon, so she's our new principal. All the teachers are ready to go. We have a whole new Ateras Nava. We have a whole new plan on trips and maybe Eretz Yisrael even this year and really giving the girls a seminary experience. So whoever is interested, um, just call Ornava, go online to Ateras Nava. I don't know the phone number by heart. And um, oh, I do know the phone number. Hold on. Ateras Nava? A terrace nava. Or nava, I know. A terrace nava. Oh, here's a terrace nava. A terrace nava is 347-462-2445. It could be before you go to HSL, after high school. It could be after you go to HSL. We also give a full college degree from Bellevue. It takes about a year and three months to get a bachelor's in psychology and other things. What? No, it's Bellevue. It's in um, Nebraska, actually. It has about 6,000 students. It's a very big, big college. And as far as everyone's... We have girls that went to Harvard from, from Ateras Nava because as far as schools are concerned, you're in Nebraska because you're, you're grad, you're, your papers, your your um, graduation is from them. So um, they don't know that you're in New York. They think you're out there. So it's a very good degree. Not, it's not one of these little degrees. It's a very good degree. We have girls in the best schools, uh, Wurzelizer, whatever it's called up in uh, YU and all over the place. So, huh? Yeah. So, so um, we'd like, you know, girls to come to our terrace now. It's a great place. Superstar teachers. The best of the best teachers in Brooklyn. I dare anyone to come up against the terrace now when it comes to our teachers. Eli Mansour and Rabbi Torsky and Rabbi Ginsburg and... And just every every just a, a whole lineup, an amazing lineup. So uh, whoever's interested, go online or call us, and that's all the advertising for tonight. Okay. <coughs> yes, you're blocking the camera, so they're they're seeing your back. Amen. I don't think I could do that right now. Well, if the boys, if the boys. Okay. So, you want me to read it? Yeah, so you read it. Okay. It's a beautiful, you know, email. Okay, an email from Rabbi Reisman. This just sure. came in, hot off the press. Rabbi Reisman is Yeshiva of Tovadas, who I know personally. He's an amazing, an amazing person. What did he write? He was in Yerushalayim when he wrote this. Greetings from Yerushalayim. Greetings from the holy city, my holy city. I am intoxicated by the air of this extraordinary place. My heart beats faster here. It is absolutely wonderful. You can feel it too. You just need to be plugged in to the frequency. I always say, when you need to get plugged in, where do you find the outlet? When you're looking for an outlet, where do you find an outlet? In the wall. That's where I go, in the wall. Exactly. You go to the wall and you plug in. The best reception 
is in the Bata Midrashim as far, as far from hotels as possible. When I arrive, the city talks to me every single time. Here's, here's the trip's message. I arrive, put down my bags, and headed for the wharf of Or Sameach Beis Medrash. First words that I saw in this week's parasha were in Hamak Dover to Veschana. The first words explain why Moshe still asked to answer Eretz Yisrael after the last pursuit of the previous parasha, Eschana, where he was instructed Yeshua to be leader. He says that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to learn and teach Torah here, because the Torah of Eretz Yisrael is superior to that of the other side of the Yardin, and that of the Torah of Yushalayim is greater than anywhere else. He adds, even when there is no Beis Hamikdash, so the Torah in Yushalayim, right, is bigger than anywhere else. I do not doubt these words written 120 years ago were intended for me, or anyone else who is open to see it. I haven't yawned since I'm here. The excitement is strong. I hope it lasts for the next 17 days. Although I imagine I'll have to sleep at some time. Wish you a wonderful Shabbos. I'm heading to the Kosel for Vosikin. I wonder what message I'll find on my, on my shtender there. Have a great Shabbos and treat the Shachar's Drusha really well. I guess he, right, he wasn't giving it. Okay. 100%. I agree with it. I did not sleep in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz has a separate Neshama. 100%. But tonight's share is being given in Chutzlar. It's for all us stuck here. Um, and we'll see what we can do. I think it's one of the biggest parshas. One of the biggest parshas in the Torah is Re'e. And I want to talk about the first Pasuk. Let's start with that. Okay? So the first Pasuk says the following. Re'e. See. Today I am giving you bracha uklala. I'm giving you a bracha and a klala. Who's saying this, everybody? Who's saying this? Mashrebeinu. Okay? Esa bracha. The bracha, the greatest blessing. Rabbi Walson, give me a bracha, right? Everyone asks for a bracha. You go, Rabbi Gamliel always makes fun of me. He goes, for some reason, Americans come to me, he says, tells me, he says, and they ask me for brachas, and the first bracha they ask is for panasa. He says, Israelis ask for a bracha, siyat edishmai. Americans ask for panasa. So I said to him, I was a little chutzpah, I was a little chutzpah, a little chutzpah. I said, Rabbi, the reason that Americans ask for a bracha on Parnassa is so we could support you and the guys in Eretz Yisrael. <laughs> he liked it. Okay. Anyway. So, what's the bracha? If you're going to listen to the mitzvahs of Hashem, that I'm going to command you today. And the Pasuk doesn't tell us the bracha. And the bracha is, if you're going to listen to the mitzvahs of Hashem, I command you today, and then it goes Akhlala, and the curse is in Moses will Mitzvah Hashem Alekecha. If you're not going to listen to the Mitzvah of Hashem, your God, and you're going to go off the Derech that I'm commanding you today, to go after gods that you don't even know. So the bracha is if you're going to listen to Hashem that I'm commanding you. The caller should be the opposite. Right? That should have been it. Pazik should have stopped there. Pazik doesn't stop there. Pazik then starts talking about going off the derech. He didn't talk about by the bracha that he went on the derech. The opposite of, let's go again. Pazik Chavzayin. It's a bracha. The bracha, if you're going to listen to me. Haklala. What's the opposite? You're not going to listen to me. Why does the puzzle continue? That should be it. And you're going to go off the derech. 
that I commanded you, and you know where you're going to go? You're going to go to serve other gods that you don't even know. Oh, is this load of psukim for me? So, the answer is as follows. Two beautiful answers. Two very important answers. I'll tell you the truth, I'm, I'm very under the weather, and I did not want to come to give shit tonight, because I'm coughing and I don't feel well. Just not nothing, nothing very special, just like uh, a lot of allergies and stuff. I'm like, ah, I spoke enough on Tish above. You know, take a break in August. And it's just so important that this Pasha and this year, I said, I can't miss tonight. I can't, I can't get someone to take over. I'm not asking anyone to take over. So what I'm going to speak about tonight, to me, is so important that I pretty much came out of bed to say it. So it's important that you hear what I say. So there's two two roots into this question. One is people always think that if I do good things, so I'm going to get a prize. I'm going to get a prize. Like when you're a little kid, you're brought up, you know, when I was a little kid, I don't know if they do it anymore, you did something right, they put a little gold star on the wall, then a red star, then a green star, and the guy who had the most stars, right, whatever it is. Very reward-based as a child. So everybody thinks that you grow up like that, 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 what do you mean, Hashem? I'm a, I do all this good stuff. How could you do this to me? You owe me, you owe me, you owe me, you owe me. We're just this, you know, if I do something good, I expect a prize. So like, how come my life's not going great right now? Uh, I, I volunteer and, and I help people and I give tzedakah and I daven three times a day and I daven mincha and I'm, I'm a tznua and, and where's my prize? Where's my prize? Everybody wants to know, where's my prize? Says the Pasik. I didn't want to hear about Adam Havel. Talk about Adam Hazel right now. Imagine you told your kid, imagine you're bringing up your child. You're like, if you're good, right, in the next world I'll pay you. He's like, hello. Well, even with adults, you, you go to work and they say, we're not paying you here, we're going to pay you in the next world. You're like, what do you mean? I worked the whole day. I remember, I remember when I was in Crown Heights Yeshiva, I was teaching, I was a Rebbe. So Mrs. Benezra, all of a shalom, her neshama should be all the way up in Shemayim. She was wonderful. She gave me a job. Gave me my first job. I had absolutely no experience as a Rebbe. I walked in. She said, what's your... I was 20. I never taught my own life. She said, um, you want to teach... They had a sixth grade opening. You want to teach sixth grade? I have a bunch of applications. Um, let me see your application. I gave my application. She goes, zero? You have zero experience as a Rebbe? And you want to teach... It's a very pivotal class, sixth grade. They're not little kids, but they're not grown-ups yet. She said, I'll never forget it. She said, she's the executive director. What makes you think that you could be a good Rebbe? You don't have experience. Maybe you're a miserable Rebbe. And I looked at her and I said, I don't know if I'm going to be a good Rebbe. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I love kids. My whole life, I was a Pirchei leader. I was a Jet leader. I was in camp. I'm a very big camp guy. I wrote the Color War songs. I wrote the play. I played the drums. Here I am going for a Rebbe's job telling this lady I play the drums. Like, oh, that's great. Oh, and you also wrote a play. That's, that's just what we want. And she looks at me and she goes, you love kids? You have the job. I was 20 years old. I taught in Kranach Yeshiva for 30 years. From when I was 20 till I was 50, which is a big chunk of your life. It's the middle of your life. And that was because a woman, a, a person believed in me. That without, without a day's experience. Because every person 
has to get their job without experience. Your first job, you don't have experience. So somebody has to trust you. Somebody has to believe in you because the first time you work, you don't have experience. So I, I thank her. I thank her very much. And I, we were in a meeting, and I was the I was the teacher's representative to make sure we get paid, we get raises. I was hired by, not hired, but I was voted in to be the. So we're sitting there, and she says, "You know, we're the only yeshiva that's not even a day late. On the thirtieth, we got our check." No matter how small it was, I was getting $310 a month for being a Rebbe. My, my mortgage, my, my rent was 360 I was getting $310. It doesn't matter. They, were, they didn't pay that much for, for Hebrew day school. But I, getting, but, but I got it on that day. Never was she late. She should be in Ghanaian. She was never, never late. So at the meeting, she goes, you know, something about Crown Heights Yeshiva. We are never, ever a day late compared to all the other yeshivas. And I looked at her. I was this little 21-year-old punk. And I said, Mrs. Ben Ezra, can I ask you something? She said, sure. I said, do you think that they have a meeting in the post office and the, the, the head guy says to them, you know, you owe me a thanks because you get paid on the 30th? I'm like, you're supposed to pay on the 30th. Like, like, we're supposed to thank you for this? I put in a month of work. Why shouldn't I get paid? Every guy that works in the government gets his check on the day. Why do we owe you something for that? I said that to her. And she said, you're right, but in the, in the education world, whatever, I said, no, public schools get paid on time. We don't owe you something, a thank you, because you pay on time, even though after 30 years of being paid on time and we're listening to people who are not paid for six months, nine months, two years, three years, Shitaka was a big Sadekistan. But that, that, you know, that she used to pay on time. Anyway, so, reward. We're not supposed to do things for reward. Why? It's a little deep what I'm going to tell you. If I am a doctor, and I give advice to one of my patients, um, listen, if you want to get better, you... You have to start getting on a treadmill every morning for 45 minutes or an hour. I need you to be on a treadmill. I need you to do five miles a day. Okay? Five miles a day. And if you do five miles a day, you're going to see, you're going to have, you're going to get up earlier, you're going to have energy, you're going to feel good about yourself, your endorphins, you're going to get all that anxiety and all that tension when you sweat, you get all that stuff out. Now he does it. And he feels great. He's got a whole new life. He lost weight and his heart's doing well and he feels good about himself and he feels like an athlete and he feels like he, he, he cut off 20 years of his life. Do I have to reward him for getting on the treadmill? Do I have to reward him for getting on the treadmill? Self-rewarding. Self-rewarding. I have to reward him. Like, oh, you're doing, you're doing, you know, treadmill? Okay, here's two tickets to Florida. No. In fact, he really has to reward me. You know what this Pusik is saying? This Pusik is saying that if you go, Tishwal Mitzvah Hashem if you go in the ways of Hashem and listen to his mitzvahs and you're a tznuah and you do, you do what you're supposed to do, that is the bracha. That is the bracha. Because now you're in a much better place 
the treadmill is the best marshal. You're in a much better place mentally, spiritually. So not Hashem owes you, well, you did a mitzvah, so the doctor has to call him up and say, oh, you're on the treadmill, let me go buy you a ticket. No, if anything, you owe him. It's like the perfect marshal. So the Torah is telling us, we're looking for, and if you keep the mitzvahs, the brach is going to be, Kanaydan, your children are going to grow up, you're going to live till 90. And, and the Pasuk doesn't tell us a bracha. Because the Pasuk is telling you that the bracha is, and now let's read it again. Re'e, see, understand, see, doesn't mean with your eyes. Re'e, see, understand. I am giving you a bracha and a klala. Esha bracha, what is the biggest bracha I could give you? That you get on the treadmill every day, that you do the mitzvahs, that's your treadmill, right? You do your mitzvahs every day, you do what you're supposed to do. That is a bracha! You're waiting for the Pasuk to continue and say, you'll live long, your kids will be good, you'll make a lot of money. No. No, that's the bracha. The bracha is that you're keeping the mitzvahs. Everyone understands what I'm saying? It's a little flip in your head. Okay. Now, let's go to the klala. Let's go to the klala. Let's say I give you very bad information that's hurting your body, right? So the, the klala is that you're being hurt. Not because you're being hurt, something else is going to happen. So the, the Pusik is saying, klala, what is the biggest curse? What is the biggest curse that a Jewish person could have? What's his biggest, that he should lose his life, that he should lose his from his kids, that he should lose his money? No. The biggest curse is if he separates himself from God. The biggest curse is a person who goes off the derech, who leaves the way of Hashem. Not you're going to be cursed if you leave the way of Hashem. That is the curse. You're disconnected from the power, from the energy. You're being disconnected from, from, what, from life. So therefore it doesn't say, and the curse will be, if you don't listen to Hashem, you're going to die young, you're going to have no money. You're going to get sick. No, that's not the curse. The curse, the biggest curse is to be disconnected from Hashem, not to listen to Hashem. Now you're saying, okay, so how does that answer? It should, the apostle should have just ended where, in late Tishmol, Mitzvah Hashem, what's the Satman Adarach? This is something I've been talking about a lot. I'm not going to get very in detail, but when, when a child goes off to Derech, and he goes to gods that he doesn't know. He's eating cheeseburgers. He's being Mechal Shabbos. He's sleeping with a guy, or she's sleeping with a guy. If you think that you're not going to listen to Hashem, but you're going to stay on the derech, the Pasuk says no. The biggest clue is that you're not going to listen to Hashem. And that in turn is going to make you Go off the derech, but not stam. Go off the derech. That I'm not keeping Shabbos. You're going to end up doing things you don't even know about before you go off the derech. You never even knew about these things. So it says, "Besatem and derech." Okay, you went off the derech. No, says the pasuk. You think you're going to just step off, step out a little bit? I'm off the derech, kid. I'm an OTD. I'm off the derech, kid. No, because what's going to end up? You become an atheist. You're going to go into a world you don't even understand. You don't even know about. You're going to start going on the internet. You're going to start looking. 
you think, okay, I'm not listening to what everything Hashem says, tell me. Hotzik say, the biggest curse is once you go off, you're going to end up in places, Shalom you understand what the Torah is telling you? You don't even know what this is. You don't even know what this is all about. You're going to go into a world of, I don't even want to say it out of my mouth, out of stuff, that you're like, what? And that's where you're going to end up. Post says, there is no bigger curse. It's not if you do that, I'm going to burn you and I'm going to give you kares and I'm going to stone you and you're going to, no, that is the curse. The curse is being, separating from a Kodesh Baruch separating from the source of what life is. So the Torah tells you the biggest bracha is to connect. The biggest curse is to disconnect. And God forbid to help someone disconnect. It's very hard to understand. That's one shot. The next shot is a very important message. Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, Re'e, listen to me. Look. Anoichi. Look at me. He said, look at me. He said, look at my life. I did not always have a blessed life. I was adopted. I was brought up by Mitzrim, not by Jews. I was hurt that I could not talk. I stuttered and lisped. I could not talk. I ended up in Midian, far away from Mitzrayim. I ended up being in prison in Midian. I ended up coming back to Eretz, back to the Jews. They didn't believe in me. They made fun of me. They they complained that I, I was a murderer. That I took them out to kill them in in the Midbar. Korach got up and said I was just just interested in my kavod and my brother's kavod. The Jews got up and Matos and Masa and say I stole from the Mishkan. He said, "Listen, my life had both bracha and klala." Every person needs to know the Hayom represents a person's life. That day is not a day. It means a person's life. And in every person's life, he sees, he thinks, sometimes that he's blessed and sometimes that he's cursed. Things are not going well. You're wrong. It's not sometimes you're being cursed and sometimes you're being, you're being, you're being benched. As habracha, you should know that the bracha is that a person understands that when he follows Akadosh Baruch Hu, no matter he's going through pain, he's going through happiness, whatever he's going through, that is the bracha. And a person who's doing well in life, he's making money, his family's healthy, he's got a big house, goes on trips, but if he's disconnected from Hashem, it's not a bracha life. It's a color life. So what he was saying is, you look at me today, up, down, I went through all this stuff. I couldn't talk, but I ended up talking to Hashem for 40 days where nobody else could do that, right? Up in Shemayim, I didn't have to eat, I didn't have to drink. I had up days, I had down days. I, I, I said that the, uh, you know, Shimon Hamayrim, the Jews are, are a bunch of rebels, and Hashem took away Eretz Yisrael from me. That was the biggest bad day of my life. I couldn't move, I can't go to Eretz Yisrael. It was the worst thing that could happen, Right? He says, from the worst day to the best day, Ray and Nush, you look at me. The bracha is that no matter what you're going through, as long as you're connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and you listen to his mitzvahs, that's the bracha. And no matter how well you're doing, if you're disconnected, it's the biggest call. So he would say, not Re'ei Anoichi, Nush, you think I'm but Re'ei Anoichi, look at me. So the vart that I'm telling you is from the Baba Chereva. 
Okay, it's a very, very important lesson. Now, there's a Pasuk, I think it's Pasuk, the 30th Pasuk, yeah, listen to this Pasuk. So if you go into Yisrael, the Yerash Oisam, you'll inherit them, the Yashaftam Ha'asam, you'll live in their land. He says, he sh- the Pasuk says, Lamed, if you want to look it up, it's Lamed Perkebez. Hishamalecha. Watch out. Watch out. Be careful. Be careful not to follow and to be lured into their ways. Because you're going to end up following their God saying, Eicha Yavdu You're going to look at what their degenerate behavior. You're in, you, we live in America. We live in their gullus. And you're going to say, I'd like to, um, I'd like to understand what the Goyim are doing. And the Torah tells you that if you're going to go in, and this is my internet speech, but this is a passage in the Torah, if you're going to go on the internet, and you're going to go follow all the Goyim, right? And you're going to be like, it's just, I'm just, I'm just figuring it out, I'm just watching, I'm trying to understand what I'm watching. I'm experimenting, I'm experimenting. I'm not really watching, but I'm experimenting. Says the person, you know what's going to happen? In the end, you're going to say, the You know what? They're doing it. I'm also going to do it. So, but this is Chumash. This is, this is Chumash. Don't do this. Everything they're doing, Hashem hates. In the end, they will burn their own children to their avodah The relationship between them and their children will be so broken that they will be willing. And I was one of the Hamalek. We know if anyone learned history, you know that the Incas and the Aztecs, right? They had these huge mizbeachs um, altars, and they used to in Peru, right? The Incas, whatever, and they used to sacrifice children. To us it sounds like it's crazy, right? So I say <coughs> that generation sacrificed their children physically. And we sacrifice our children spiritually and emotionally. I don't know what's worse. Okay. Now. Actually, I'm sorry. It's not, it's, um, who does he bring this down from? He brings it down from the Arachayim. Archaim says, Anoichi, that he was talking about himself. On the other hand, he said, look at me. Anyone can become as great as me. Anyone can suffer like me, but anyone can become as great as me. Okay. He says a story. I want to read you a story. I don't know if it's in this book. It's another one. Okay, you know the story of Rachel, right? The wife of Rabbi Akiva. So he says, one of the problems of growth, spiritual growth, is sometimes you want to ask a question, but if you ask the question, then the person you're asking the question to is going to look down on you. I have this a lot. Like, once I want to ask you, but if I ask you, then you're going to look at me differently because you're going to know that I did that. And I'm like, I'm not Hashem. I'm not judging you. You can ask me whatever you want. But it's, it's very, sometimes, it's just, a person who's embarrassed will never learn. You have to, you have to be ready to be a little humorous. So, so we know that she married Rabbi Akiva, but there's an interesting story about this. Um, she said, I'm not going to marry you unless you learn Torah. And she, he said, I'm 40 years old. I don't know anything. 
So Rachel this is an interesting story. She um, she sent Rabbi Akiva to buy a donkey, okay, um, and its back was broken by all the heavy loads that it carried. So it had these deep in, intentions on his back, in the bones. <laughs> so it was very cheap because it couldn't carry anything, any, anything more. So she told him to buy it. Rabbi Akiva said, why am I buying a broken donkey? What am I going to do with him? She said, just buy him. Okay. So he brings home the donkey, Rabbi Akiva. And Rachel, his wife, fills these holes on the donkey's back with earth, with dirt. And puts grass seeds into the dirt and then waters it. So you got this donkey with dirt, grass seeds, and it's watered. After a few days, the grass seeds started growing out of the donkey's back. It wasn't growing out of the donkey's back, it was growing out of the ground, out of the dirt. But it looked like, if you looked at the donkey, it looked like there's grass growing out of a donkey's back. So she told her husband to take the donkey to the marketplace. Walk around with it in front of everyone and see how the people are going to react. Okay? Rekiva takes the donkey to the marketplace. He walks back and forth and everyone's laughing at the sight of a strange donkey that has grass growing out of its back. So, he came back and said, I don't know why we did this, but everyone's laughing at our donkey. She said, you know what? Do it again tomorrow. He goes again tomorrow. Everyone's screaming with the kids. Look at the donkey with the grass. Okay. Third day, he comes back. Nobody's laughing. Nobody's looking at the donkey. They're all busy with everything else. Donkey grass. I saw him two days ago. Big deal. Donkey with grass. They didn't make, they didn't get crazy about the whole story. They totally ignored him. So, they became so accustomed to the donkey that they didn't find it odd. So, Rabbi Akiva heard the, heard people talking about the donkey, and they were saying, you know what? There are many different donkeys in the world, and this is the way Hashem created this donkey. He's got grass growing out of his back. They were macabre. They weren't, they weren't saying anything. They got used to it. We get used to anything. So Rachel, wow, she was amazing. So she told Rabbi Akiva, no matter how ridiculous something looks, people get used to it. And they stop making fun of it. So she told him to go to yeshiva and to learn the Aleph Bays with little kids. And he said, but if I do that, I'm 40 years old, I'm sitting with five-year-olds. She said, that's why I showed you the donkey. Yes, the first day the kids are going to laugh. People are going to be like, look at this Look at this 40-year-old guy in, in class. By the third, fourth day, the kids won't laugh, the teachers won't laugh, the people won't laugh. That's how Rabbi Akiva became Rabbi Akiva. He says in Elenu Shabbat, you cannot worry what other people will think. You have to do yours. And if you think, and I just had a whole discussion yesterday, a very interesting discussion, um, about Chuba came to talk to me about his kids, whatever it was, him and his wife. And I said to him, I cannot understand you. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, first of all, he cannot understand his children. That's why sometimes there's a problem about Yichuva and their children. Because he chose Yiddishkeit. He fought his parents. He lost his parents. They don't talk to him. His siblings are all think he's some Jewish Meshuggah, right? Because he's from. He gave up his life for Tyra. He, his parents make fun of him all the time. They're yelling at him every time she has a baby. 
What are you doing? Tie your tubes. Get you know, like crazy stuff. They might insult them, and 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 he gave it all up for Hashem. Now he gives birth to these kids who are born into Frumkite, who gave up nothing, and he can't understand. Uh, how could you be Mechal Shabbos? I mean, that's crazy altogether. I, I gave up everything to keep Shabbos. And I explained to him, I said, because they're born into it. So it's like, they don't cherish it the way you do. So you can't understand them, and they can't understand you. Because like, why would you choose this? Dad, you could have driven a car on Shabbos, you could have eaten cheeseburgers and lobster, right? And Hashem wouldn't have been angry at you because that's how you were born. Are you crazy? You, you took out 630 mitzvahs? They can't understand it. So I told him yesterday, I can't understand what he did because that's so amazing. But I could never, I don't talk to Bali Shubas because I don't understand the struggle. I didn't go for that struggle. I was born from. They're on a much higher level there. They made a choice. I didn't make a choice. I didn't make a choice to step out. Okay, big deal. I didn't make a choice to step out, but most people don't step out of their environment. The Balchuva made a choice. He gave up his whole family. And they managed to make fun of them forever. They just, the family doesn't accept them. And, 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 and so I tried to make a bridge. Really, the people that need to talk to his kids are people who are born from. And people who need to talk to him are people who are also, also Balchuva. You really have to go through, I think that's why Moshe Abenu went through so much because he had to understand the whole Klyistrom. So there's, there's, there's a lot of struggles. There's a lot of bracha and what we think is klala in our lives. There's a lot of struggle, 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 struggle. But the Torah tells you, no. If you, if you stick, if you stick to Kodesh Baruch Hu, it's all a bracha. Because the struggle, the struggle ends up becoming your biggest bracha. If you are able to struggle and still hold on to Hashem and come out of your struggle, you're, 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 you're a much better person then before you started to struggle. So the struggle can be the bracha. It is the bracha. What? Long time. Long, 25 years. Long time. No, he's, he's not struggling with his parents. He came to actually ask me about the halach of kibbutz of aim when your parent makes fun of your front cut all the time. Like, how much stuff do you need to take? Do you have to answer the phone? Do you have to... Bring your children to them, and all they do the whole time your grandchildren are there is make fun of you and give you a hard time. No, it's not unusual at all. By Bali Shuvas, not usual at all. Yeah, yeah, they're very upset because, because, how do I explain that to you? It's very simple. A non from family, right? And you have this couple, and this guy, this son, became very from. Now his sister, who's not from at all, went to public school, he's marrying a guy. There's a lot of assimilation in the non-from world. She's marrying a guy. She calls her brother and says, coming to my wedding. And the brother says, no. Are you crazy? What do you mean you're not coming to my wedding? I can't. If I come to your wedding, I'm sure I'm okay with you marrying a guy. So now this brother doesn't come to the wedding. The parents are, we're never going to talk to you again. How dare you? They don't understand. How dare you? It's her choice who she wants to marry. How dare you not show up at your sister's wedding? They... They can't understand. You, because part of becoming from many times is cutting away from the family. And that's unacceptable. 
religion before family in a non-firm world, right? I don't have to, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, oh, oh. The answer is that you have to always be respectful to your parents, no matter what. And we learn, we learn, we learn. Right. So you just have to say, "I appreciate what you're saying, but this is my life, and you can't get into it with them." We we talked about the Rambam that says she came to you, she ripped your clothing, she spit in your face, she slapped you in the face, and says you have to be quiet. I'm in the middle of writing this book, so I'm, you have to be quiet. You have to be quiet. Why? Because that's what Hashem said. Why? Because it's based in, it's based in Akrasatov. And Akrasatov, it doesn't matter what they say. But I, again, I can't, I can't, I don't know, I can't even understand. I'm telling you what you need to do, but would I, would I be able to do it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if my parents bother me all the time about it, but you, it doesn't say anywhere. It, there's one man, the Omar, if your parents are Machal Shabbos, they're not from, do you have a din of Kivit of the Aim? But there's one man, the Omar, but, yeah. Yeah, I had a different question today, interesting question today. Somebody heard my share about making the holes in the walls. If you close a window and you have shade them and all kinds of bad things happen. So if you ever close a window with like sheetrock because you're redoing your house or, or, a, or a air conditioning sleeve, it brings disease, it brings the most terrible things into the house. Shade them live in the windows. If you close them off, they come into the house. You don't ever want to do that. The Gemara talks about this is halacha. This is halacha. This is Gemara. This is you don't play with that. You don't close a window. Never close a window. You could. You can't seal the window. If we wanted to let's say redo this room, and we want to extend it that way, so we close that wall. We make it into a wall. You have to make a hole in every where every window is there. You have to make a hole that goes outside so they can live in there. You don't. Everyone knows you don't mess with that. So this this. This woman calls me up this morning and she says, I have a six-year-old son and I heard your share. I spoke about it a few Tuesdays ago. I'm not here in the mountains. And I heard your share and you talked about this, this person who hit his father, right? He slapped his father and his fa- then he had a child all of a sudden that went crazy and started beating up the mother and the father and I heard that share. So I am about Chuva. My father didn't stop making fun of me, whatever it is. So one time I lost it, and I answered her in a very fresh way. Do you think that my, that I created an angel that's now attacking my son and causing him to act like that? I said, is your father Jewish? She said, no. So he said, the din of kibbutz of aim, if you become a ger, it's not really your parents anymore, halakhically. But they are your parents. You can't, you can't marry. Let's say you have a brother. Let's say you're non-Jewish. You have a brother, right? Then you become a gear. So he's not really your brother. Can you marry him? No. Let's say he becomes a gear after that. So you're really not brother and sister. He was a guy. You became a gear. Now he became a gear. You're not brother. Halakhically. But we can't let you marry because people are going to think brother and sister are allowed to get married. So Mishum Eva, we don't allow it. The same thing. If your parent is a, is a non-Jew, and then you become a ger. You have a luck of kibbutz of aim because of Ava. If people are going to see you answering your parent, they're not going to know if they're Goyim, you're Jewish. They're going to see you're allowed to answer your parents fresh, whatever it is. So because of that, but that doesn't create malachim. I said, I don't think your son is acting like this because you answered your father back, but you need to apologize to him. You need to call him and to apologize to him. I said, but tell me, did you close any windows in your house? 
Did you do any construction? She's like, yeah. I said, did you make a hole? She was a hole? No. I'm like, ask your father forgiveness, but you better make a hole right away. Don't, you don't play with that. Biggest Kedalim, biggest Sadiqim. Gomorrah talks about it. You don't play with that. If you close a window, well, let's say you have an air conditioning uh, um, sleeve, that you have the air conditioning in the wall, and now you got central air conditioning, so you take the air conditioning out, and you cut, you close it. A sleeve is like a window. Because it goes through. It goes through to the outside. That's how it sucks in the air. You have to make a hole there. Actually, be very careful with this. It causes terrible diseases and fights and machlokas, lack of shalom bias. They take away your panasa. They're devils. They make a lot of trouble. You don't want them in your house. You want to leave them in the window. They don't bother anyone. You can do sure. Of course. Of course. What? How did they get there? That's, that's their, that's, Hashem gave them rishus, that's where they live. Hashem said, you can't live in, you can't live in human beings' houses, but they're living in the world, you can live in the window. And, in the gutters. Well, I don't hear you. Doesn't matter where. The window cannot be sealed. And, if there's a building in the woods that nobody lives in for a long time, it's called a chorva, you're not allowed to go in there. That's where they live and they will hurt you. The Gemara talks about a town that went in there and he got yelled at, I think, by Eliyahu Navi. How could you go in there? Whatever it was. He went into Davin. It's, you, you're not allowed to go into these places. Haunted houses. What? Very small. A drill bit. Very, very small. Very, very small. But you have to put a hole. The size of a straw. A little straw. You know those little red straws, stirs? size of a straw. That's all. Because they don't have really human, whatever. I don't know, but you have to be very careful with that. I've seen miracles, people who are really sick, who didn't know about it, and when they found out, they fixed it, and totally changed. You have to be careful when you buy a house that it wasn't done by someone else. You look on the outside, you see the brickwork, there's new brickwork, then you know that, that was a, there was a window that was closed. Well, uh, I guess I'm, I wasn't going to talk about this tonight, but I guess it came up today. Whatever comes up today is for somebody. So somebody might have that in their house, and you need to change it. Anyway, to summarize, I didn't really get to what I really wanted to get, but to summarize what we're saying tonight is you know, the greatest bracha a human being can have in this world, the greatest bracha is to follow in the ways of Hashem and to connect to our Kodesh Baruch Hu, just, just like we said before about exercising. That if I, you ex, if I give you advice to exercise and you exercise and you feel great, do I need to give you a prize for exercising? Of course not. If anything, you need to give me a prize for telling you to exercise. And HaKadosh Baruch is the same thing. The exercise of the Neshama is a person doing terribly mitzvah. So that answers two of our questions tonight. The two questions were, why doesn't it tell us what the bracha is? Why doesn't it tell us what the klala is? And the answer is, that is the bracha. And that is the klala. And why by the klala does it say extra, the satim and aderech, you're going to end up in a place doing, serving gods that you don't even know is because by the Klala, the Torah wants to warn us. If you think, if you think, you could just not listen to Hashem. But I'm still practicing Jew. I'm a practicing Jew. Okay, I don't listen to Hashem. I always keep Shabbos, but I give tzedakah. And I'm a good person. And I do pray once in a while in my own way. The Torah is telling you, listen to me carefully. If you go off the derech, if you, if you don't keep the Torah mitzvahs, in the end, you're going to go off the derech. And when you go off the derech, 
that street that you were on, that you went off, you will end up in such a bad place that you will be doing our various, you don't even understand what you're doing. And I think that, that what that means on a deeper level, what that means, you're going to do our various that you don't know. There are various that come from taiva, lust. Shemenigiyah is a, a vera that comes from taiva. But flipping on a light on Shabbos, you don't have a taiva for that. You don't have a taiva to turn on a light. There are various that you don't have a lust for. You can't say, well, the Yetzirah, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm hungry. I was hungry on Yom Kippur. Where, there's no taiva. There's a lot of various that a person does. He doesn't even have a taiva for it. He doesn't even know why he's... I don't even... How many girls have told me that? I, don't, I, I flipped on the light. Just I said, why? Why are you Michal Shabbos? Why are you flipping on the light? I don't know. I just, I just wanted to see what would happen. I don't, I, so did, were you lusting to turn on a light? Did you need to turn on? No. It was, it was in the middle of the day. So the, these are various. I, I think what the puzzle is trying to tell us is that if you, if you... The biggest clue is that if you don't listen to the ways of Hashem, you're going to even do a various that you don't understand. You don't understand why you're doing them. I'm adding the words to, to, to the Chumash. You don't understand. What do you mean that I don't understand? You don't understand why you're doing it. What are you doing? You're watching 10 movies. What are you doing? You need to watch 10 movies. I don't even know what I'm doing. Watching, I, know, I don't know why I'm doing it. I, I, I don't even want to do it. I don't even like to do it. Yeah, Terry says that's where you're going to end up. You're going to end up doing it. You don't even like to do it. Just to do it. Because that's the biggest kola. And the biggest bracha is to stay in the Derech Hashem. May we all see the bracha that this Pasha is talking. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.